Welcome to Truth for Transformation with Timothy Brown. Timothy is the lead pastor of Arden First Baptist Church in Arden, North Carolina. Our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Check out our website for more inspiring resources, ardenfbc.com. Now, here's today's message from Pastor Timothy Brown. So many of you here on our Christmas Eve service, uh, we've come here for one reason, and that's to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Before we get into the word, I I have a little survey I want to ask. What is the most important part of a Christmas tree? What do you guys think? How many of you think it's the star? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you think it's the ornament? Some of you have ornaments from 50, 60 years ago. Raise your hand if it's the ornaments. All right. How many of you, it's the shape of the Christmas tree? All right. You don't want a tree without branches. All right. How many of you, it's the smell? How many real tree people do we have in the room? All right. There's one thing you're leaving out, which I think is the most important part of the Christmas tree. It's the stand. Because without the stand, the tree just goes, crash. How many of you ever had a Christmas tree crash because you didn't have it in the stand properly? All right, been there. So, you know, it's kind of like life. A lot of times in life, we focus on the external. You know, the branches, the glitter, the tinsel. You know, the ornaments, the outward, it it looks beautiful. But you think about it, without the stand, the tree, it's not going to hold up. And the same is true with life. A lot of us focus on the urgency of life. And we have to get the tree up. We have to get the decorations up. We have to go to the Christmas parties, right? But what's really important about Christmas? It's Christ, right? And I was trying to explain to my kids, it's like, you know, we're excited about opening the gifts And we're excited about eating all the amazing food. How many of you are ready for the amazing food? But you know, it's kind of like having a birthday party of yours, but you're giving the gifts to someone else. And today, it's our gift is a gift of worship. We want to focus on the Lord. And tonight's message I want to bring to you is light has come. The light of the world has stepped into our dark place and he has brought radiant illumination. So we're going to be in... Luke chapter 2, it's a familiar passage. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation to give it a little new sense as we read through this. I want you guys, this story you've heard a thousand times, I want you to hear as though it were for the first time. And we want to welcome everyone listening online. Welcome to Arden First. Verse 6 of Luke 2, it starts off, And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Notice what happens in verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flock of sheep. I want you guys just to listen to the sheep. You can hear them bleeding in the background. It's darkness of night. And notice what happens in verse 9. Suddenly, someone say suddenly. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were afraid. But the angel reassured them saying, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, 
has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a babe wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Let us pray together. Father, your word is so powerful. And Lord, many have heard this Christmas story every Christmas, sometimes multiple times. But Lord, I pray tonight that you would shine new light on the word. Tonight you would help us to relive that first Christmas day when God came to live among us. So Lord, we pray your blessing will be upon your word and our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, welcome everyone to our special candlelit service. Welcome online. Today I want to give you four Christmas gifts wrapped in this text, this scripture passage we're in. And I want you to take these gifts home. These are gifts many of you have heard through the years. Some of you may be hearing it for the first time. But Christmas is all about the Christ child, the Messiah. So gift number one is the eternal king came to live among us. The eternal king came to live among us. If you look at verse six, look back in your scripture, it says, while they were there, The time came for her baby to be born. Can you guys imagine God coming down to live among us? I mean, this is the mystery of Christmas. Jesus is the only child ever born that was older than his parents. Can you think about that? Like he's the only one ever born that was older because he he was preexistent from eternal, from eternity, from eternity past. So what happened on Christmas Day? God knew before he even created the world that he would have to send his one and only eternal son. And he knew that he would have to send them because one major problem that we had. And what was that problem? It was sin, right? And why why did God have to die for us? Well, God had to die for us because we've sinned against God and only God can make it right. But there's one problem with the scenario. God can't die. So how did God rectify this problem? The eternal son of God clothed himself with skin so that Jesus became the God man, 100% God, 100% man. And he came to dwell among us. He came to move into your neighborhood. He is God with skin on. So the first Christmas gift I want to unwrap is think about this gift, this child that came to live among us. And in verse 7, Mary gave birth to the son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes. This is strips of cloth. And notice where she laid him. Where did she lay him in? In a manger. Someone tell me what a manger is. Yeah, it's a feeding trough, right? So I want you to think about this, that if Jesus only came and was born in the Ritz-Carlton back in the day, he would relate to what type of people? To, to wealthy people, right? But the fact that he came in the lowest of lows, I mean, think about a feeding trough. It doesn't get much lower than that, right? The reason why he stooped so low is he wanted to redeem all of humanity from the very bottom all the way to the top. So the first gift I want us to look at is the gift of the eternal king coming. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus came for you and he came for me. The second Christmas gift is the glory of God showed up under the cover of night. I want you to look at the next verse. Notice what happened that night. There were who in the field? Someone tell me shepherds. So think about shepherds. 
as not the upper echelon of society. These were not the, the wealthy, the elite. These were kind of the blue-collar workers of the day. They, they were a lot like me and you. They, they were just the average, ordinary people. But more than that, they were often considered outcasts. They were considered people that people didn't want to be around. And you're like, why is that? Well, a few reasons. Imagine if you slept outside at night with no deodorant. You would be a smelly shepherd, right? And it wasn't the most prestigious job. So these shepherds were out in their fields and God shows up. And notice it's the dark of night. And in verse 9 it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. So what I want you to take away is that under the darkness of night, God's glory shone bright. And there is someone listening today, whether here in the room or listening online, you're in a dark place right now. You're in a place of sadness. You're in a place where you're not looking forward to Christmas because maybe you're alone Maybe there's an empty place at the dinner table that was not there last year. Many of us can experience that. And what I want you to know is just like God showed up under the cover of night, in the dark of night, his glory will show up in your life. Sometimes when you least expect it. Christmas is all about this, that God shows up to people when they're not not even expecting him. He shows up and he says, I'm going to light up your darkness. I'm going to light up the darkness around you. Later on in Jesus' ministry, he did this in a profound way. And Isaiah prophesied this in Isaiah 9-2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Has God shone into your darkness? Has he lit up the darkness around you? If not, I want to encourage you to trust him, to allow him to light up the darkness in your life. And there's just a little aside about the shepherds. I think I should mention many scholars believe there's a high likelihood that these shepherds were keeping the sheep for the temple in Jerusalem because it was just Jerusalem was just a few miles away from these fields that we're talking about. And it's almost like the angel showed up to these shepherds. And in essence, it's like your job's no longer going to be necessary because there's another sheep. His, his name is Jesus. He's known as the Lamb of God. And he's come to take away what? The sins of the world. So in just about 33 years, your job's going to be obsolete. That you will no longer need sacrifices because Jesus is going to come to sacrifice himself. Christmas gift number three I want us to unwrap is the greatest news of all time was available to everyone. Look at the person next to you and say everyone. Look at verse 10. But the angel reassured them, saying, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will be bring great joy to all people. So why were the shepherds afraid? Well, I mean, if a bright angel showed up, wouldn't you be afraid? I mean, if that happened to unite while you're in bed and all of a sudden an angel shows up in the glory of God and your whole room lights up like a Christmas tree, you'd be like, wow, this is this is crazy. But the shepherd said, don't be afraid. Or the angel said, don't be afraid. Why? Don't be afraid, shepherds, because God's got a plan for you. Don't be afraid because God's going to make a way for you to be saved. Don't be afraid because God, if you accept this Christmas gift of Jesus, he's going to take away all of your sins. Don't be afraid because God wants to live with you. Don't be afraid because God has an amazing plan that will blow your mind. 
And the same message is true for you. There's a message of great joy. You don't have to be afraid. Why? Because God has made a way. Christmas is about God paying the price for your sin and my sin when he sent Jesus. But see, see, Jesus was born in order to die. Jesus was born so that you and I could be born again. Jesus came to our place so that one day he could take us to his place. He could take us to heaven to be with him forever. So what is this good news all about? Well, read in the next verse. The Savior, Christ the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem in the city of David. So here's the thing about the Savior. He came to save us. Save us from what? Well, save us from ourselves. Save us from our sins. Save us from what we're going through. A lot of times we're in the struggle and we want God to rescue us from the struggle. And how many of you know that God doesn't sometimes rescue us from it? He rescues us through it. And right now, some of you are in a struggle and you're like, God, save me. And what God wants to encourage you today is that sometimes trials are not meant to destroy you. They're meant to develop you. They're not meant to bring you down. They're meant to help you through it. But from eternal perspective, every trial we're going through is temporary. I want you guys to know that. So he saves us from our sins but one day when we meet him face to face, how many of you are glad when there's going to be no more trials, right? That's going to be amazing. So he says, Savior Christ the Lord. This summarizes Jesus' earthly ministry. You think about Savior, that's his mission. Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was what? Which was lost. Christ, that, that means the anointed one, that's his calling. He is called, he's anointed by God. To rescue us. And Lord is a sense of authority. He is the Lord. He is the one that's the ultimate ruler of the universe. So here's the good news this Christmas. Jesus loves you more than you'll ever know. He loved you so much that he was willing to lay aside all of his splendor and glory in heaven and come to be with you and I. Jesus came for you because he has a plan for you. Jesus came for you because he wanted your story to turn out differently. So if you came here today and maybe there's a, a senior adult here and life is not what you thought it would be. You thought retirement would be great walking on the beaches and traveling with your soulmate. And now you're going to the hospital room, right? You're going to the doctor. And like, I didn't sign up for this. There may be a young parent here today that you thought when you got married and had kids, it'd be life. It would be happily ever after, but it's been crazy ever after. And you're like, God, what are you trying to do? And here's the thing. Jesus shows up where you're at and he offers you himself. And if you got Jesus, it doesn't matter what problems you have, what struggles you have, because I've read the end of the book and in Christ, the best days are ahead of us. The best days are not behind us, but the best days are ahead of us. Amen. So where did Jesus make his earthly debut? First of all, I want you to see the place. It was Bethlehem. So anybody know what Bethlehem means, the name? House of bread. Okay, thank you. Now think about this. The house of bread, Jesus was called the bread of life. So the bread of life was born in the house of bread so he could offer eternal life to everyone who was willing to partake of the bread of life. So that's the place. The prophecy where was Jesus to be born? The city of who? Of David. Bible scholars have conservatively estimated over 300 prophecies were fulfilled in the coming of Jesus' birth, his earthly ministry, his death and resurrection. Over 300. 
So if there's anyone listening today that you question the veracity of Scripture, you question, is the Bible real? If you just look at the prophecies, I mean, think about over 300 prophecies all fulfilled in the life and ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus. That's just unbelievable. So you have the place, you have the prophecy. And I want you to see the posture. Jesus came and he was born in this lowly manger, this lowly stable. And what's fascinating, as I mentioned, the first guests that arrived to see Jesus who were who? Shepherds. And shepherds took care of what kind of animals in this passage? Sheep. And where Jesus was born was a place where there were barnyard animals, most likely sheep. So think about the irony. The shepherds came to see Jesus and he was surrounded by animals. So it wasn't really a silent night, but it was a holy night. You could hear animals in the background. And I want you guys to enter into the stable that day. A lot of times you think of this romantic version of, of Jesus and the, the hay. And the, but think about, some of you have been around sheep, they smell. I mean, you think about, imagine if the stable had not been cleaned that day. I mean, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And a lot of scholars, they're like, well, what was a stable? Was it a cave? What was it? It could have been a cave. Most likely, it was the way the houses were built that day. You had the main level, which was sometimes called the upper room. And then you had the lower level where they, they basically did some of the cooking. They would keep the animals that would come in at night so that they wouldn't be cold at night. So because there was a census, this tax census that everyone came to be registered in their hometown, the upper room was crowded. So the only place that Mary could find to deliver Jesus was in this lower area. In American culture, it'd be like staying in the basement. It'd be like in the man cave, you know, worse than that. But imagine that with animals. So posture, Jesus was in a place of humility. And what I want you guys to get with the shepherds, I want you to take away, is God meets you right where you're at. You think about God could have been born anywhere, right? But he was born in a place where the first guest, the shepherds, would feel right at home. And here's the thing, I want to encourage you with this, that sometimes you may feel like God doesn't understand you or he's silent, but God knows your address. He knows everything about you. He even knows the number of hairs on your head. Some of you, that's easier to count than others, but he knows it all. And here's the thing, he will show up to present himself. And I truly believe that because this message is for everybody God knows how to reach out to all the people of the world, of every nation, tribe, and tongue, of every part of history, and he presents the Messiah, he presents Christ. But it's up to us whether we're going to accept that gift or not. Speaking of gift, there was a seminary professor of preaching at Harvard, and around Christmas time, his son was so excited to give him this gift. He had a five-year-old son, and they had just did this Christmas play for his kindergarten class, And after the play, the teacher said, all right, you can give your gifts to your parents. So he was just so excited. He went running to his dad with the gift. It was this gift that he had made. It took him three months. It was like clay and had some glitter and some bling. And they put it in the oven and out came who knows what it was. But, you know, it was his. He wrapped it. And as he was running to his dad, he tripped and fell. And that gift went airborne. And it landed in the school cafeteria, shattered all over the place. And the little boy just was a mess. He, he threw himself down on the, the cafeteria floor, was bawling. The dad didn't know what to do. The mom was there, and they were trying to encourage him. The dad, being a professor, was very aware of the audience. Everyone was looking at them. I heard the kids screaming. 
So he just patted his, his son on the back and said, son, it's okay. It's no big deal. It's really no big deal. And the mom, being a good mom, rebuked him and said, it is a big deal. She hugged the kid and loved on him and they cried together. And finally, the mom said, all right, everyone get up. We're going to go home. So they went home and the mom got at her hot glue gun and they made something different than what was broken. They made this beautiful, colorful butterfly. Somehow out of the broken pieces, they molded together. And that butterfly was much more beautiful than whatever the son had made in its pre-broken state. And isn't that what God has done to us? That he's created us in his image. But that image has been what? It's been broken, right? And Christmas is all about Jesus coming down to earth to say, I love you too much to let you go. I love you too much to let you stay in a broken place. I want my grace to put the broken pieces back together. I'm going to send my spirit. And instead of in the pre-broken state that Adam and Eve walked with God, Jesus says, I'm going to not just walk with you. I'm going to live inside of you through the person of the Holy Spirit. See, the amazing thing is in Eden, they walked with God. But when Christmas came, Emmanuel, God says, I'm going to be with you. And Jesus, when he ascended back to heaven, what did he say? I'm sending the Holy Spirit. So guess what? God doesn't just walk with us. He lives inside of us. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you think about that mystery. And here's another Christmas mystery while we're on mysteries. You know, we marvel that Mary, the virgin, carried God inside of her. Did you know that if you're a born again Christian, you also carry God inside of you? The Holy Spirit moves inside of you when you accept Christ. So God is with you. God is for you. And as a Christian, guess what? God lives within you through the person, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the final gift as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper and we prepare to light our candles is this. The gift of true peace was made available. Notice in the next verse that the angel showed up with this company of other angels and the angel proclaimed they proclaimed this message glory to God in the highest and on earth what peace goodwill toward men and we say that and we're like where's the peace but if you look back at the original language it literally means peace on earth with those whom God is pleased peace on earth with those whom God is has favored and they're like well who who is God favored it's those who've accepted the gift of Christmas You know, you can't experience peace of God until you first experience peace with God. And a lot of you are like, I don't have peace, I don't have peace. Well, do you know God? If you know Jesus, you can know peace. If you have no Jesus in your life, you will have N-O, no peace. So I want to encourage you that the proclamation, the angels declared peace on earth, goodwill toward men. It's talking about those who have received Christ. That you have peace with God, so now you can experience the peace of God. So here's the invitation today as we close. As we unwrap all these Christmas gifts, I want to encourage you to run back to the manger. Run back to that smelly feeding trough and smell the beautiful aroma of Christ coming for you. Christ came for you Because he loves you and has a plan for you. So let's throw the big idea on the screen to summarize this Christmas message in one sentence. Jesus, the light of the world, has come to live among us so that you can have true peace on earth 
Because you've accepted what? The gift from heaven. So here's the invitation. If you are here today and maybe you're religious, maybe you've been to church, maybe a lot of good things, and that's all good. I'm not minimizing that. But do you have peace in your life? You can't have the peace of God until you first have peace with God. And you're like, well, how do I have peace with God? The only way to have peace with God is to receive the gift of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is God in the flesh. And he came and he died on the cross. The third day he rose again so that you, cannot, you and I can receive that gift. And when we receive that gift, what does God do with our sins? He takes them all away. So now that we have peace with God... We can walk with this peace of God. We can truly experience peace on earth inside of us. And for the believer, the challenge is this. I want you to reimagine Christmas. Remember, the most important part of the tree is what? The stand. So don't get so caught up in all the meals and the pies and the decorations and the gifts. All that's great. Remember, the most important part of Christmas is Christ. No matter what gifts you have, whether you're alone this Christmas, whether you're surrounded by people, don't forget the most important part of the tree is the stand. The most important part of Christmas is Christ. Let us pray together. First of all, I want to pray for the believers here today. You may be a Christ follower. There's many Christ followers in here. But maybe you've lost the all in wonder of Christmas. And God has challenged you to run back to the manger, run back to the manger and experience the goodness of God. So right now, I just want you to say, God, take me back. Take me back to my first love. Take me back to the relationship I first had with you. Forgive me for getting so caught up in the the glitz, the glamour, the ornaments that I forgot that Christmas was all about Christ. As the believers continue to pray with no one looking around, and it's dark in here so you can't see anything anyways, is there anyone that would say, Timothy, I want, I want the peace of God that you're talking about. I don't have peace in my life. And the reason why I don't have peace, I, I've never truly accepted Jesus. I've never truly asked him to save me and to forgive me my sins. I've never been born again. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I'm, I'm looking around, no one else looking. Anyone just raise your hand. Timothy, I need to accept Christ. Anyone at all, online that includes you, just let us know. If you're here today and you've never accepted the Christ of Christmas, I want to give you an invitation to say this prayer. Right where you're at, whether you're here or listening in your car or at your, in your home, to say, Dear God, I believe that Jesus came for me. And dear God, I confess that I'm in need of grace and forgiveness. Please forgive me of all my sins. God, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to change my heart. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. And I choose to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name and all God's children said, Amen. At this time, if you'll look under your seats, there's a communion cup. As you do that, I'm going to grab one over here. If you don't have a communion cup, we're going to raise your hand. We're going to pass these. Jeremiah, you mind passing these around? you don't have a cup, raise your hand. Jeremiah is going to get you some on the front row. This is one of the special parts of the Lord's Supper. Please raise your hand if you don't have one. They're under every seat except the seats that came in later. But this is an important part 
is when we look at Christmas, that Jesus was born, he was born with a a death mission. He was born to die for us. So in just a moment, we're going to take of this bread and this bread symbolizes his body that was broken for us. And this juice represents his blood that was shed for us. So this is open to believers only. If you're a believer, you can take this. If you're not a believer, we ask you just to respectfully pass it. But this is a time of, of great significance. I'm going to pray over the elements and then we're going to take it all together. So if you would pray with me, Father, as we partake of this Christmas communion, as we celebrate the one who came, who lived the perfect life and who died on the cross, Lord, we partake of his body representing by this bread and we partake of this juice that symbolizes his blood. So, Father, we bless these elements and we remember what Jesus did for us. And all God's children said, Amen. So this time, go ahead and peel the top part off. You'll find the wafer. If it's a little hard, just ask the person next to you. They can help you peel this cup. I know it's a little challenging. All right, let's partake together. As you partake of that, go ahead and peel back the second layer. And it will have the juice available. This symbolizes the blood of Jesus shed for the remission of sins. Let us partake of that together. Thank you, Lord, for what you did for us in sending Jesus to die for us, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. All right, at this time, if you'll get your candles. And if you're at home, get a candle wherever you're at. Uh, you can partake of this together. We close with this. And as I told you, I wouldn't keep you long because we got I know you guys got dinners. In just a moment, I'm going to light my candle from the Christ candle. And then we're going to pass the candle back. I want to ask anyone here. Is there anyone that accepted Christ for the first time this year? I want you to come up. We want you to help shed this light. Anyone that became a Christian this year, come on up. All right, Zachary, thank you. Anybody else? Let's give him a hand. Amen. In just a moment, I'm going to light this up. Jesus said that he was the light of the world. And the amazing thing is, is Jesus transfers that light to us. We have no inherent light. We only have reflective light. So when Jesus comes into our lives, he then says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine so that others may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we're going to pass the light back. I'm going to start with the Christ candle. And Zachary, if you'll help pass this around. All right, we're going to have to light this again. What would a service be without technical difficulties, right? All right, so pass it on down. You know what? I'm just going to take the Christ candle and I'm going to use it to light up. His light is much brighter than mine. All right, if you'll pass it on back, person behind you. Pass it down the row and then behind you. Pass it on down and then behind you. This will go pretty fast. Once you've light your candle, if someone will pass it to the person behind you and beside you, pass it on around.
pass it on back. I think it was fitting that my candle went out, but the Christ candle was still lit. So I think there's something symbolic there. So I want everyone to stand and we're going to raise our candles up. Look around behind you at all the candles lit. May this symbolize you going out into the dark night and go light up your world. Let your glow show. Let's blow our candles out and you guys are dismissed. There will be bins in the back as you guys exit that you can drop your candle off. Thank you and have a Merry Christmas.